Starting soon on a television station near you, the police drama of Mixed Doubles. Every week on Mixed Doubles, two cops who dislike and distrust each other are forced by circumstances to work as a team. By the end of the show, they'll be bonding in a way that only two people who have done a lot of killing between touching moments can. A different pair of demographically approved actors will be running through that same old plot every single week. Mixed Doubles is moving, yet it still has all the fast chases, murders, and explosions edited to hard-driving music that you've come to expect and love in this kind of programming. Week number one is a crusty old veteran and a tender-footed rookie. Then, the next week, a small-town sheriff and a big-city street cop. Then a male desk sergeant and a female private detective. A motorcycle cop and a drug-sniffing dog. An officer from the present and an officer from the year 3000. A space alien and a teenage heartthrob. A cop who likes jelly donuts and a cop who prefers his with custard. The list of composites go on and on. They dish out the heat to a top 40 beat. So be on the lookout for the heartwarming flatfoot fun of Mixed Doubles. It's about friendship. It's about adventure. It's about $750,000 an episode. And you're gonna love it. It is time for another Duck Logic Comedy Half Hour. Brought to you by Duck Logic, a Chicago comedy group that had its own radio show called The Cav Alcade on WLUPAM 1000, a pretty big radio station at the time. Each comedy half hour is at least 28 minutes of sketches, songs, or other shenanigans pulled from the Loop Cab Alcade archives plus improv, talk, and whatnot. So, kick back, take a load off, and enjoy the wacky goings on of Duck Logic. You'll laugh, and how. It's time once again for Tales from the Tollbooth. Another page ripped from the log of Tollbooth Attendant 468. This episode, Seeing Stars. One time this limo pulls up. The driver is handing me the money and I notice that the guy in the back is one of those guys from Hogan's Heroes. Uh, the French one. The one they call Frenchie. Anyway, the driver handed me a hundred dollar bill and it took all the money I had in the booth, including the stuff in my pockets, to make change. That's a true story. This is Stan Lindenwood, and today we have a special interview. Throughout the nation, in large cities and small towns, on the vast plains or towering mountains, in the verdant forests or scalding deserts, people are preparing for what they believe is a coming apocalypse. We call these people preppers, and today I'm talking to two of them. From Low Expectations, Oklahoma, Brian and Missy Grapeshot. Good morning, Missy. Brian? Morning, Stan. Could you move a little to the right? Missy can't stand the hammer line of fire block. Sure. This is quite an impressive compound you have here, Brian. We like to think so. We got your standard gun tower overlooking a ring of bunkers, which are behind anti-tank obstacles. Don't forget the rose bushes. Wasn't going to, hon. We've got a communication center to keep in contact with our fellow preppers in the area. we got a training area for small arms Don't and large... Don't give away all our secrets, hung. Oops, that's on me. I see gun ports everywhere. Oh, sure. And the walls are double thick so we can fill them with sand. That'll stop most rounds up to a mortar. Oh, uh, we also got our redneck hospital. The uh, redneck hospital? 
Uh, we bandage you up and give you a shot of Jack Daniels and uh, tell them to walk, walk it off. <laughs> Could you tell our audience uh, what you're preparing for? Uh, what is your vision of the apocalypse? We can see it all. It's like a freight train coming right at you. Change is coming soon. We're prepping for the time when the government will try to take away our freedoms, our God-given rights as Americans. We don't care if they send the military, the FBI, or them CIA. No one is going to take away my wokeness. Damn straight. Watch your language, Brian. Sorry, hon. It's just when I think of some government Nazi is going to come down here to stop my LGBTQ seminars. Or my woman's equality in the workplace breakfast socials. I'd hate for you to give that up. It just knocks the lid right off my teapot. I'm going to go squeeze off a few rounds in an environmentally friendly way. Right behind you, girl. Stan. When she's like this, she might forget her support for Medicare for All. Brian and Missy. American Preppers. This is Stan Lindenwood. You're as dumb as a box of rocks, but you know a good thing when you see one. That's why there's bandwagon scotch. The scotch that everybody likes because everybody else likes it. Bandwagon is kept in a putrid-smelling distillery until public opinion can be swayed enough to put it on the open market. So the next time you're out on the town, jump on the bandwagon and watch how quickly the rest of the people follow suit. Bandwagon Scotch. On the rocks, without a second thought. It's the scotch that everyone likes because everyone else likes it. Can you believe a 24-inch color TV for only 150 bucks? How about a complete Mediterranean living room set for only $75? Or maybe you'd be interested in a refrigerator, a washer-dryer, microwave, dishwasher for only 25 bucks a piece? How can I offer these fabulous deals, these incredible prices? I do it, friends, because it's the annual Tab Raza going back to college sale. Yeah, Mom and Dad have gone camping in Oregon, and while they're away, I'm selling everything to pay my way through college. Everything is for sale, from rugs on the floor to shrubs on the lawn. Just cross my palms with silver, and you'll get incredible bargains like these. Uh, my father's collection of Playboy magazines, starting with issue number one, can be yours for only 35 bucks. How about my brother's reel-to-reel stereo system? It costs him thousands. It'll cost you only 200 smackers. Or how about my brother, Doug? Tied, gagged, and locked in the closet. He's a constant source of irritation and quaaludes. Name your price on this one. And don't forget the attic grab bag of values. There's at least 20 boxes up there in varying sizes. I don't know what's in any of them, but I'll let all of them go for only five bucks a piece. So all that van down to my house, come after midnight, and knock twice on the kitchen window. Everything must go, including me, by Sunday night. Help a guy through college. Did you guys hear how much money Barbie has made? The movie Barbie? No. It's only like a couple billion. It made a... Yeah, billion. We're talking billion. Three billion. And Mattel yeah. is already giving a green light to eight more movies about toys they own. <laughs> because you know now that Barbie is popular you know Polly Pocket's right behind they actually, they've given okay to a Polly Pocket movie a Hot Wheels movie which makes sense I guess somehow uh, yeah 
Uh, well, the second largest grossing film was Super Mario. So are they going to do all the, the games now? Hey, if there's money in well, it. They already do. They had- yeah. Oh, my God. I'm so glad that it was successful. And they said, that, I mean, Hollywood is run by uh, investment groups. So they're going to go, well, this is what we're. I'm hoping for the Thing Maker movie myself. I really think the Thing Maker movie will take off. <laughs> I had a Thing Maker, buddy. <laughs> Who didn't? I did. I made I made the one with the insects. Yes, insects. You did. I had, I had incredible edibles. Incredible edibles. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, so wait. So not a necessarily just another Barbie movie. You're talking about eight eight different eight toys. Eight different toys. They... Literally Polly Pocket. Now, come on. Really? Po- they showed the commercial for Polly Pocket on the thing. Uh, I like Polly Pocket. Polly Pocket. I don't know. A little like Hot Hot They did trolls already. Uh, I think they owned American Girl, that, that thing that was out for a while where you go and you get a doll that's dressed like a certain- Oh, they uh, tried doing TV shows. Oh, it's still, it. it's not out for a while. It's still around. Uh, Are they going to yeah, show the so Frisbee good. movie? I hope. I really hope. <laughs> I just, I'm like, what, what? I hope they combine with the bear on Hulu and do make the bear workshop. That would be fantastic. <laughs> know what I mean? Those kids would love it. Kids like that stuff, but it's never going to get made because it's not. Uh, I mean, I haven't it. seen the Barbie movie. I've had some friends recommend it because they felt like there was a good twist in it. I mean, you know, the jag on it. Does every, does anyone care if I say, right? That yep. Ken finally sees the real world and realizes that the men are in control out here. How come Barbie's in control and he's just second banana? So she goes out to do, I don't know, go, get, goes on vacation. When she comes back, he's changed everything around. Yeah. And he beats her to death. It's a, it's a funny, funny wife beating story. I gotta tell you, it's very Andy Cap, And I, I like that a lot about it. <laughs> it's, it's the burning bed and Barbie put together. Uh, I know. I don't, I, I've been told it was that pretty funny, but I, Linda and I can't stand that much pink. I don't think I could just stand to look yeah. at that much pink for that long. <laughs> I like pink. She's a good singer. Anne went to see it with a friend, and and the friend who's a little tad younger uh, really thought it was great. And Charlie, my son, the 25-year-old, liked it a lot. He thought it was really funny, but but not in a – I think it was in the – there's a social commentary that they're kind of – that's what he got is the satire of it. <clears throat> and I don't, I don't know if the my wife's friend – did <laughs> and thought coming out of it it was one of those movies that she goes yeah well i don't know it was all right i didn't laugh but i thought it was funny but i never actually laughed out loud so you know well mildly funny i guess i don't know if it was supposed to be funny is it supposed to be super funny i guess so not serious certainly not open it's no Oppenheimer. i don't know billions but billion over i don't remember a film having a billion before in front of a movie like that when it opens be as good as the Estrich sketch movie. <laughs> oh, that if you put Jane Fonda, Lily Tomlin, Rita Moreno in there, you've got some old dames. It's made already. They tried G.I. Joe, they're on like their second or third G.I. Joe movie, and you know, serious, yeah. If no one takes the G.I. Joe and hangs it from a tree and sets them on fire, it's not a G.I. Joe movie, it's not the doll, they're actually like people, they're it's live action. No. G.I. Joe. It's it's not so much the G.I. Joes that we grew up with, the 12-inch ones. It's the little ones oh, that are okay. battling yeah, Cobra. Oh, no, that makes sense. That totally makes sense, yeah. And Transformers, is they're still on. They're on they've their, like, sixth forever. or eighth, whatever. Yeesh. There's a Bumblebee movie spinoff. And they did Battleship. I actually thought Battleship, as much as it was supposedly based on a game, really, it was only a little. Did you ever, have you yes, seen it? Anybody did. seen I it? I saw it. We saw I, it. Yeah. Huh. It, wasn't, it wasn't horrible. It wasn't great. I didn't. My cousin, the animator, worked on some of that animation. Wow. So, other the CGI stuff. Really? Yeah. 
because I made a joke about, you know, what's next? Shoots and ladders? And he goes, hey, I did the Battleship movie, so watch it. <laughs> I went, oh, sorry. I want to go to Candyland. Now, there's a movie. <laughs> Candyland, or, or sorry, with that big bubble that you, that you push down and it pops the, the pop-up, pop the pop dice machine. Can you imagine a gigantic, life-size pop Kerplunk, the movie. They're in talks with Terrence Malick. Don't break the ice. (laughs) What happens if you do? What's one with where you build a set in the middle of uh, the game board? The mousetrap. Yeah, mousetrap. My friends. They did make a movie of mousetrap, didn't they? they? I want to say they did some kind, didn't they? They they made one called that, but I don't know if it had anything to do with the official game. I'm not sure. They are making Major Matt Mason. Major Matt Mason. And Tom Hanks (laughs) is going to be Major Matt Mason. I love my Matt Masons. Mm-hmm. I had a couple. He lived on the moon. I don't know who that is or what that I is. I have no idea who that is. Oh, he was a little guy about yay big, and he he was a ben, basically a bendy toy. Do you have a parachute? But he was designed really well, so you could rebend him and do other things with him. He had a spaceship. He had all kinds of little... He had a helmet that would actually put, click onto his suit. He, had a, he was in a suit. You couldn't take the suit off. And his visor would go down and up, yeah. You couldn't take the suit off. He was all just suit. Yeah, he was he was molded into the suit. But he had a space station. And he had a little ground crawler thing and little oh. flying doodahs. And it was during the heyday of the space stuff. They had. A, I actually had the uh, African American one, and I had. Uh, oh wow! I didn't get that far. They had a couple. Yeah, they had. I don't know how many. Matt, like two or three. They had the same head with the blonde hair painted on, and with it like the GI Joe's did. They just kept cleaning the hair different colors for a while. Uh, I don't know. I think he had a different so look. There was the cisgendered. Right, and then there what was there like a well, there were no women. If that's what you mean. You don't need women on the moon. Is there like a polysexual um, one too, or pansexual? No, but they did have an alien at some point. They had like an alien, little green. He had a green, a, a kind of clear green head. Zardoz or Zar? Not Zardoz. That's an actual movie. <laughs> that's a Sean Connery movie. Sean Connery. Yeah. Zardoz. <laughs> yeah. There was something like that. No, uh, Zoids? Zoids. Maybe that was. Maybe they weren't supposed to be played with together, but I did. They were like uh, space robots or something. Maybe that's what it was. You brought a bendy major to an army battle. I wish I had my... I didn't have even a little guy. I never saved even the little guy. The wire did break after a while. A lot of them had broken arms and legs and things because you could only bend it so many times. I had action figures, Aquaman and Batman and all that. And then I was like, crap, this is just like a Ken doll with an Aquaman stuff on that's it. No, I had Captain Action who came with, he was just a guy, and then you would get the costumes Spider-Man, for Aquaman Captain and Batman and Captain America, and it was a mix. It was a weird DC Marvel mix that they had, licensed. But his head was the right size, so when they, they'd make these really nice masks that would look very much like the actual character, but when you put them on over yeah. his head, it was thick rubber and uh, plastic or whatever, yeah. and so his head would be kind of bulbous with <laughs> the thing on it. Wouldn't, wouldn't really work that great, but he was really cool. Yeah, Captain yeah. Actions, this was the bad guy. He the jewel or anything. Captain Actions. Uh, His bad yeah, guy. There you go. The space guy. Had alien guy. Space gun. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, he's got some little ray gun. Because the end is coming. Sandals on, you know. He was so crazy. he was fighting a beatnik? He was fighting a beatnik alien with his brain <laughs> showing. Oh, I remember I, as a little boy, I, I, uh, I took this and scared the boys that were littler than me. His brain is showing. They freaked out. That's all I have left of my Captain Action. This is retro. This is redone years later. It's not I'm the original. I'm never going to be able to go and see this. Oh, ladies and 
and gentlemen, I'm Bruce Washburn, and you're listening to College Bowl, the game show that tests the minds of today's college students, tomorrow's leaders. Our challengers today are from the University of Chicago, and they call themselves the Scrambling Eggheads. Today, they'll face off against the reigning champions from the Train Co. School of Diesel Mechanics, the Strip Gearheads. Let's meet the individuals on each team here on College Bowl. Introduce yourselves, University of Chicago. Hello, uh, my name is Justin Barnes, and I'm a biochemical physics major, minoring in nucleometry. My hobby is computer yachting. I'm Chatbot247. I am majoring in thermochem a cold astrophysics. My hobby is planning your ultimate demise. Hello, I'm Sebastian Worthington III. I'm majoring in chemography and have two minors, actually, one in biosynthetic electromedivascular synthesis and the other in neuroatomic geophysical chemical angular calculus. When I'm relaxing from my studies, I wind down by designing computer programs which do complex mediatomic equations using the Libraic numeral system, sort of a common man's nucleotransducer. <laughs> wow, you guys really are eggheads. College Bowl is honored by your presence. And now, let's meet our current champions from Trainco School of Diesel Mechanics. <laughs> Trainco, you mean. Hey, Bruce. I'm Art Shatsky. I'm majoring in lug nuts. My hobby is, uh, you know, what, what do you call it when you, like, stand around looking at chicks? Loitering? Loitering. Hey, yeah, all right, yeah. Art. All right, Art. Uh, my name's Ryan Sandberg. No relation. <laughs> I'm majoring in the big rigs, and my hobby's playing horseshoes with fan belts. Yeah. <laughs> hey, my name is uh, Buck Wanker. I don't really have a major. I just like hanging around the shop. My hobby... Poking Buck. <laughs> okay, well, now that we've met our contestants, let's get on to the first round. Hands on the buzzers, please. For five points, the first question on College Bowl is, Enrico Fermi was the first man to successfully split an atom in a controlled environment. For five points, who was his assistant? Drinko! Rusty Jones? Oh, no, you idiot. That was a guy who rust proves the cars. He ain't real. Yeah, I seen him on the commercials. Yeah, the Rusty Jones is not the correct answer. University of Chicago, do you know the name of Enrico Fermi's assistant? <clears throat> I happen to know it's not Rusty Jones. <laughs> oh, yeah? Why don't you rust prove this, buddy? Hey, give it to him, Buck. Buck, I'll have to ask you to keep your hands on the buzzer. Buzz this, Bruce. Oh, burn it, Buck. Burn it, man. Uh, excuse me. The answer is Armando Lisco. <laughs> correct. <laughs> Five points really to the University of Chicago. Okay, second question. For five more points, hands on the buzzers, please. What is the gap on a spark plug for a 400 cubic inch 57 Chevy? <laughs> University of Chicago, yes, you pressed your buzzer. Oh, I hit my buzzer by accident. Um, let me take a shot at an answer. Ooh, is it one half inch? Oh, man. <laughs> one yeah, half inch right. gap. Uh -huh. This guy thinks he's going to get his puck across a half inch gap. Hey, what are you going to do, guy? Link it up with some bell wire? <laughs> oh, yeah, Bucky, probably try it out. Huh? Okay. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> University of Chicago. Oh, Wrong yeah. answer. Do you have it, Trinko? Yeah, that's uh, 0.32 inches, unless it's a super hemi powered cop. Okay, yes, .32 is sufficient. Yeah, because I knew this guy once used a .30 on a 450, but he was using airplane fuel. Yes, right, right, right. Thank you, Trainco. Five points to you, and the score is all tied up here on College Bowl. On to our last question. 
for 10 points and the championship in 1885. Louis Pasteur developed a process known as pasteurization. For 10 points, how many lug nuts are found on the hub of an El Camino? Trinko! That's easy. Nine. It's got an extra flywheel, so you need more. I object. I object. You obviously twisted that question to pander to Trinko's base intellectual plateau. Oh, yeah. Why don't you pander to this? (laughs) (laughs) Hey, dear dry clean grease ray. (laughs) Gentlemen, gentlemen, I applaud you. Oh, yeah. I got a whore for you, too. Your sister. Oh, birdie, man. (laughs) 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 Okay, that's all for College Bowl. Still champions, Trinko School of Diesel Mechanics. We'll return next week to take on challenges from the Barbizon School of Beauty. Until then, I'm Bruce Washburn for College Bowl. And now, as a public service, Duck Logic, in cooperation with the United States Post Office, is proud to present Zip Code Spotlight. Today's zip code is Sheboygan, Wisconsin, 53081. This has been the Duck Logic Zip Code Spotlight. Franklin T. Mintz with another business idea that backfired. Today we salute the Frito Layoff, the first corporate sponsor of corporate downsizing. Remember, it's not the downsizing that counts, it's how you use the downsizing. Frito Layoffs were just one more bright idea from the company that brought you Chester Cheetah. The cool cat who used to say it isn't easy being sleazy. And the Frito Bandito, easily the most offensive Mexican stereotype outside of Juan Valdez, Speedy Gonzalez, and just about anything white advertising executives and Ivy League-educated cartoon writers have attempted in portraying our sisters and brothers from south of the border. Needless to say, the brainchild of Greg Taylor from promotions fizzled and popped when everyone from promotions had to lay themselves off and outsource their downsizing to India. Hi, uh, this is David Dunlosky with the Duck Logic Comedy Half Hour. We here at the podcast know the importance of a running character. From Joe the Love Potato to Edie the Breakfast Fairy to the Cajun Kook, we've created our fair share of popular characters that we performed in comedy clubs and on WLUP radio in Chicago on Jonathan Randmeyer's morning program, as well as our own two hour radio show. But running characters just don't happen. Okay. Well, those three kind of did, but usually it's really hard to create one. Uh, But since then we've been attempting to capture lightning in a bottle one more time. We've been trying to discover the secret to creating a popular character. Is there a formula? What's the trick to make them click? So right now, we're going to try and speed that process up and come up with our next big running uh, personality. And to help me and a few members of the Duck Logic with our brainstorm, I want to introduce Mr. Character. Come on. You got this. Hi, Mr. Character. Welcome to the Duck Logic podcast. Hello. Thanks for helping out. Sure. Uh, I see you've got a box of... uh... Hats, glasses, a few props. Oh, great. Uh, who do you have in that box of your characters today, Mr. Character? I don't know. You tell me. Okay. Well, um, could it be Giuseppe the Italian plumber? Mm, okay, nice hat. And oh, a plunger. Ah, uh, yes, uh, David, I can affix uh, your toilet. That'll be a uh, $500. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, wow, $500. That, that's steep. That's a plumber, all right. Very convincing, but... Um, I don't know, guys. What do you think? That, yeah, uh, that yeah. I think I've heard yeah, better. Okay. 
Yeah, not quite. Hey, so who's your friend in the fireman's helmet over there, Mr. Character? Chief Ferguson's the name. Remember, don't smoke in bed. Who came here straight from England? Oh, what's all this then? <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. Uh, okay, right. Is lunch, you know, is lunch ready? No Joe the Love Potato. I don't know. Still don't have it, you know. Maybe we ought to see what Sybil the Dancing Crossdresser is up to. Oh, oh, a feather boa and everything. Nice touch. Hello, boys. Whoa, Sybil, where'd you get that terrible speech impediment and dangerous hacking cough? Seriously? Screw you, Dunlosky. In your dreams. Bingo! (laughs) We have found our catchphrase. (laughs) Nice. In these days of unsure air travel, you need an airline you can depend on. So we at East Western Airlines would like to take this opportunity to introduce you to some of our personnel. Our pilots are some of the best flyers that ever strafed a rice paddy and have logged more hours than you've had hot lunches. Brad Tomlinson, Senior Pilot. Statistically, flying is the safest form of transportation there is. The thing that worries most people is the fact that you're so high up. You see, they figure in a car, if something goes wrong, you can pull over and stop. So, as a senior pilot for East Western Airlines, I keep them right down on the deck, you know. Just like all those border runs I used to make in the early 70s. Besides, I'm flying in the front, usually. But our East Western pilots aren't the only seasoned professionals you'll be running into on our many scheduled and non-scheduled flights throughout most of the country. Candy Lindell, flight attendant. The flight attendant is the only link between the passenger and those little bags of peanuts. People need those to keep their minds off the buffeting and sharp drops the plane makes. And I like helping people. That's why I became a stewardess. I I mean, flight attendant. (laughs) It's better than a waitress, because they're not sitting at tables and they can't ask you for too much stuff. But you can still wear the blue eyeshadow. I just wish I understood all those safety things. In the air or on the ground, East Western has a staff that punches in every day. Our top flight mechanics have their own craftsman tools and aren't afraid to use them. Bobby Taylor, head mechanic. Fixing the plane's a lot like fixing the car, only bigger. I don't know from wings, nuts and bolts, nuts and bolts and fluid. That's what keeps those birds up there. Well, my name ain't Bobby Taylor. My brother Billy fixes cars, but I tell him nothing can compare to the thrill of seeing a plane you just worked on actually get off the ground. It's something. So take those reservations you have about flying and leave them at our ticket counter. You'll need reservations if you're going to fly to East Western's 40 or 43 destinations across the United States. East Western Airlines. We'll try not to kill you. Well, there you have it. The Duck Logic Comedy Half Hour Show number 103, featuring in alphabetical order, Ken Campbell, Dave Id Dunlosky, Tom Giannis, Kevin, Walter Mitchka, James F. Russell, and that little imp, Tim Thomas. Check out our Facebook page when you get a chance. Our website is ducklogiccomedy.com. 
Portions of this podcast were previously broadcast on the radio under the copyright of Duck Logic Limited and the licenses of WLUP, AM and FM in Chicago. Thanks for listening. See ya.